Hey, what's up, guys? Jordan Anderson here, and welcome to another episode. On this episode, we're talking with Heather Roma from the Westside Collective. The Westside Collective is a creative agency, brand consultancy firm. She's just kind of a one-woman team, and she has a sort of a collective of freelancers. Discuss how we, how she kind of started the Westside Collective, how she structures the business, how she's able to be a mom throughout this whole process. Since she's in the creative agency world, she's working with brands to kind of craft their their branding, their marketing. So we even dive into that a little bit on this episode about uh, the do's and don'ts of a brand and sort of even things like Instagram myths and some missed opportunities that brands could be doing that they're not doing just yet. Since she's out in California, we did a phone interview, so I hope you don't mind the audio. It's just, it's it's phone audio, so just, I tried to sweeten it as, as best as possible. Also, with it being on the phone, there's kind of a slight delay, so you might notice sort of a, sort of a gap in our responses. So I've tried to edit that out as best as possible, but we made it work. So it was great, it's a great interview. Hope you enjoy. I'm rambling a little bit too much. Let's get right into it. This is Heather Roma from the West Side Collective. So we have Heather Roma here on the podcast. Heather, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. So you are the founder of West Side Collective. Uh, if you want to give us just like a quick five minute intro to yourself, maybe just like what you've been up to, kind of what you're about, what you do. Yeah, so um, I started the Westside Collective about four and a half years ago. Um, it kind of started when I was pregnant. I was seven. I was seven months pregnant, and I was thinking, okay, I don't want to go back to work for someone, um, which I had done in the past, not most recently when I was pregnant, but I had closed my swimsuit company and was looking for something that I could kind of be like a stay-at-home mom because my mom was. Um, but, um, run my own business. So I thought, let me start a consulting company. I've always been giving out free advice to my friends throughout many years. Um, so I decided to start this consulting company, put the website up, um, posted it on Facebook and got my first client that same day. So that was pretty cool. It was kind of like, ding, ding, like, I think you're, you know, going the right direction. (laughs) Um, and then at the same time I wanted to, I've always been in, the product business. So I wanted to start a little retail store. So I bought a trailer, a vintage trailer and uh, renovated that. And it was really cool. And that when my son was three months old. And so I kind of did the pop-ups and the consulting alongside each other for a couple of years, but um, retail kind of took a hit. And so slowly I started closing the trailer and I recently turned that into an Airbnb um, little extra bedroom on a property in Topanga that I manage and the consulting took off. And in the last year and a half, I turned it into an agency and I have several people that I work with now and we help brands, um, creating the brand, uh, products. It's basically anything from concept to consumer and everywhere in between. So we do, um, product development, production, we do websites, branding, and then we do constant um, content for our clients. So we get to tell their brand stories. And then we also do pop-ups. Do you find that most of your clients, uh, do you find a lot of them that you are kind of starting from the ground up with them? Or do, or is it sometimes they're like, they've already got something going and they have a problem you're trying to solve? Yeah, exactly. So when I start um, 
when I meet with my clients at first, we kind of do a little discovery session on the phone or over coffee and, um, and kind of pinpoint where they're struggling. And a lot of times um, in the last couple of years, it's that they don't know what to post on Instagram or they don't have enough content for Instagram. They're spending too much time on it um, and not really focusing on the business. Um, so in the last couple of years, that's where we've really excelled is taking that off their hands and managing their social media and giving them some strategy and creating the content for them. You said you gave a lot of free advice at first or like kind of in between your uh, your pop-up shop. Did you find that your uh, were the customers at the pop-up shop at the, you know, in the Airstream trailer, did they turn into clients or did you find those were like two separate silos of clients? I did have a couple clients um, that I met in the shop. So it really complemented each other, I think. And some of the customers turned into clients. Um, but the free advice that I was giving was more so uh, before I started the consulting company or the shop, it was, you know, I've always been in the industry and I've always had a, a brand. Um, I had a swimwear brand and I had kind of a resort wear brand back in the mm-hmm. day. And so people would come to me and just ask me questions and I would help them, um, but never made money on it. So that's, uh, you know, four and a half years ago is when I actually turned it into. For someone trying to start a, a brand consulting agency, uh, you know, if you were to give advice to them, would you say the free advice at first was a mistake or because everyone says, like, don't give free advice, don't give away your free ideas, keep that, try to charge for it. Uh, what what's sort of your philosophy with it? Yeah, I I don't think giving free advice is a bad thing. I mean, I I think I give free advice in my discovery sessions. Um, they're 15 minutes and, um, you know, I try to make it worthwhile for the potential client or even if we don't work together. I mean, I truly want to help people with their businesses. So I think a little bit of free information is great. And it's also a good way. Um, I don't personally because I'm pretty busy. I know I should, but um, to give a free like PDF of some free information to get people on your mailing list um, Mm -hmm. is a really good thing. Um, And, you know, that's, that's mutually beneficial. So that's great. But, um, but yeah, I think building relationships is, one of the best things. And if you give a little bit of free advice, the person, even if they can't afford you at the time, might really be grateful for that and then come to you when... when if you Can you talk a little bit about uh, maybe starting those client relations? You you said it's about relationships. Um, when when you first meet a client, what's what, what are the kind of the first few steps you take with them? Are they... Is it... Do you mainly just I don't want I don't want to know about your business. You I want to know about you, the person, or what's sort of your what's sort of your uh, your flow pattern with it? Yeah, I like to find out um, why they have the business, what they're passionate about, um, what they do and don't like about doing the business, um, and then kind of you know when we do work together, I like the client to just focus on what they love and try to hand all the other things off, even if they can't at the very beginning. Um, Because that's, what's the most important is like pouring their heart into the product or their, or their coaching or their business or whatever it is and not doing all like the daily management posting, all that kind of stuff. Um, So I think it's a really. And and once they're kind of on board, you've shown them, you've done a, I guess you'll do discovery at first or strategy. 
First, it's discovery. It's usually a 15-minute call. Um, After that, I will um, kind of review my notes with them, um, not with them, but by myself. And then I'll go back to them with our pricing guide and give them the options that I think that would work best for them. Um, And then after that, um, you know, sometimes it takes a couple more calls or um, an in-person meeting because they want to see who they're working with. And I want to see who I'm working with and make sure that we're all in alignment. Um, I really like to work with people that I believe in their product because I've noticed in the past, especially when I first started, I was kind of taking on any kind of client, but I realized that in the long run, it's not beneficial for either, either of us if, if I don't believe in it or if it's just not in alignment. Like you could be their customer almost. Exactly. Yeah. I really want to want to promote it and, um, and feel very deeply. How early into the business did you kind of form your team? Cause you have several people working with you now. Yeah. So we're a collective of creatives. So basically everyone is freelance that I work with and that's, um, on purpose because of the lifestyle that I want to live. And I see the other peers wanting to live. I mean, we don't want to be in an office every day and, you know, me as a single mom, like I want to be at home with my son as much as possible and being able to do things with him. And I know that, um, the people that I'm working with also kind of have those goals. Um, we do meet in person sometimes, but we just work together really well. So I kind of like, I have a social media optimization girl. I have girls that post, I have copywriter. I have a couple of photographers and videographers. Um, and they're all people that I've been working with for years. Um, so they're really people that I trust and who do really good work. Um, that's really, and did you, you had this idea originally or were, did you set out to make a traditional company or, um, had you seen someone do collectives in the past or how'd you get the idea for, uh, just to have a kind of a team of freelancers that you just, yeah, I, um, no, I didn't set out to do that. I set out to, you know, really, I didn't really have a long-term plan. I just wanted, I knew I wanted to stay home with my son and I knew I wanted to do something that I loved and, and this was it. And it has turned out that I've gotten very busy with it. So, uh, I can't really handle anything. And so as time has gone on, I'm thinking like, how can I scale? And there's no way I can scale with me just doing everything all the time. Um, so, so yeah, so I started handing some things off and it's been amazing. Um, and now I'm getting to just manage clients and bring, you know, do new calls with potential clients. And that's what I really want to do. I also love being on set and producing the shoots and all of that, but that's all time consuming as well. And takes, takes me away from my son sometimes. Um, so I really like working with people that um, know what they're doing, have really good work ethic, and we have a good workflow together. And I can just kind of manage everything. Let's switch back to working with your clients and working with brands that kind of come through the door. What are you finding is a lot of missed opportunity, uh, whether that's in marketing or how they're optimizing their products? What do you? What's a missed opportunity that you're seeing a lot uh, with brands that kind of come through your door? I think, um, I think the content is really important and some people are not doing the best job at it. And that's not because they're not good at it, but it's because they're doing too much, I think. 
um, like I said, like they're, you know, they're creating the product, they're designing it, they're doing all the social media website stuff, and you're just spread so thin. Um, so sometimes the content just isn't telling the right story, I think, you know, sometimes I'll look at someone's Instagram and think, oh, it's a great product. But for the regular person who's just looking at it real quick, I don't think they're getting that snapshot as quick as they should. Um, so having the really nice content and the great storytelling, I think is such a missed opportunity sometimes, especially with um, certain products. You're saying, you're saying they're doing too much as in they're not, they're just like, they're spreading themselves too thin and that they're making too much content on their side or that they're making too much of like low, low quality content. Yeah, I'd say low quality content and also not telling the brand story as well as it could because it's so close to them. And they sometimes you just think like, oh, people know what I'm talking about, but you really have to spell it out for people and have really high quality content for people to um, to relate to it, I think. Um, so I think in, in them spreading it themselves too thin, I mean that they're doing too many things in the business mm -hmm. and that they should be able to let go of some things and have someone else take care of it so they can focus on the important things like their product and all of that. And so from from that missed opportunity, you would probably diagnose to say, okay, we need to create some original content that's much higher quality, or you'd say like, we need to do like a curation package. like. Yeah, exactly. It, it depends on um, the client's mm -hmm. budget usually. And what they're willing to give up as well. Um, yeah, so sometimes it is just curating for them um, and helping them tell their story without having to do photo shoots all the time. Sometimes, and most of the time, it is doing the photo shoots for them and really being able to tell their brand story from the ground up. And what I love doing is doing all their content and their copywriting and all of that. And then doing their entire website with the content that we created because then it's all so seamless and it just all vibes together. And I think that's so important to have your Instagram and your Facebook and your website all look the same. And so it's not. And do you, and for most clients, are you suggesting sort of an Instagram central strategy or do you find that having a, having your toes dipped in all social media platforms is the best way to go about it? I think, um, you know, I, it used to be that Instagram was the one. And, you know, now with the algorithm changes and just so many changes that they're mm -hmm. doing all the time, um, I think that it's smart to have your toes dipped in different social media outlets. And also, I think the in-person piece is very important as well, because that's where you can really create your community um, people really need to see the product. So as much as pop-ups kind of, it takes a lot of time and a lot of schlepping, you really need that face-to-face. -face. So I think a combination of social media and personal interactions is so important for brands. For Let's go, let's maybe switch to Instagram strategies. What are some kind of common Instagram myths that you're running into or uh, or your client comes to, they sit down with you and they say, oh, we tried Instagram, but Instagram does this, this, and this, or we don't want, like, what are some kind of common myths that you could maybe break for us? I wouldn't say that they're myths, but I think, well, yeah, maybe. I mean, some people say you need to post every single day. And I don't think that that's true. I just think you need to post consistently. So you can't just, you know, post one day and then like three weeks later do another post. I think 
you could just be posting once a week, but as long as it's consistent, um, then that's what matters. Um, and then the stories and IGTV is very important these days because most people, I think the majority of people are just looking at stories and videos. Um, so I know Instagram is pushing videos and having sound on, on stories and the stagnant posts just aren't doing as well anymore as Instagram has evolved. So I think just stay keeping steady is a really important thing because you can't just drop off and then, you know, do a post one day and, and think that it's going to, you know, reach that many people, the algorithm changes and um, things are just constantly changing with Instagram. Mm -hmm. So it's just keeping on top of that and working with a professional that knows all the updates. From your experience, what, what's your take on Instagram TV? Cause I remember when it first came out, it was, people were very skeptical. I think a lot of video creators jumped in on it, but there's still like people that are like, no one uses that or like, no one, like no one goes to Instagram TV. Like, what are you, what do you? I think that no one did used to go to it because it was a separate thing. But now that you can have a longer post and then link that to IGTV, um, that is really beneficial. So if you have a post that's, say, like more than one minute, which is the normal mm -hmm. Instagram post, then you can roll that over into your Instagram and it's actually coming up on the feeds. Um, so, yeah, I do think that that is important now and people are looking at that way more than they did at the beginning. And part of your kind of package offering as well is curation. Uh, can you can you kind of give us your version of what curation is? I'm still like, I'm still a little cu curious or like unclear about exactly what curation is or how if you were like to sell that service how you would curate and then sell that to a client how what is cur curation for it curation for us is um kind of pulling images from the web you know pinterest unsplash um google whatever um to tell the brand story without actually creating the original content so say um you know, the person doesn't have enough budget to be doing photo shoots every month, kind of, um, not, they're not placeholders, mm -hmm. but it's just images from the web that we can tell the brand story that look not generic, but I'm trying to think of the right word, but basically say, say you have, okay, I have one client, it's called, um, it's a diamond client. And they only make jewelry when someone orders it. So they only have pictures of samples and they're not like constantly making jewelry. So, and they had a very low budget. So what I did is I took screenshots or, you know, take their images that they have and figure out how long is it going to last for, because it's only going to last a certain amount of time and they don't have a budget to make mm -hmm. new images. So I take a certain amount of their images and then I mix it with images that are in alignment with their brand and I curate it in that way. So say I have three images of their jewelry and then the other six images in the grid, I pull from Pinterest or Unsplash to round out. And these images don't have to necessarily be of jewelry. Like if if they were a luxury brand, you could show like the lobby of a luxury hotel. Um, so for instance, for this grid that I just did for them, it was four pictures of their jewelry. Um, and then I did like a picture of like someone brunching in Paris and um, a, a celebrity in a, in a gown because it's diamond jewelry um, and like a jewelry 
a really pretty jewelry organization drawer, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So that all tells the brand story. That, that makes so much. So like a, a men's shaving company, you're not just showing the razors and the shaving cream, but you're showing like uh, motivational men who climbing Mount Everest or you're showing them like 1920s football or something to whatever it, whatever just sort of like gives the feeling of the brand strategically with a client. Is it an option that you go with or is it the alternative when the budget isn't there? It's an alternative when the budget isn't there. I think that it's so much more beneficial if you have mm-hmm. your own content um, because then we can really tell the story from the from the bottom up and, and really get the message across. Um, when you're just curating, you know, you might not you might not hit the mark exactly all the time, um, but it's it works. I mean, it helps and it works. Um, but I would definitely suggest doing the custom content. Uh, I guess let's talk about West Side's Collective's uh, ideal client. What what is your ideal client? Are they I guess like kind of what business are they in? What's their size? Um, and then like go through. We've kind of already touched on like the discovery session, the strategy session. Like, uh, what does your ideal client look like, and and then what are the first couple steps that you're taking with them? My ideal client is someone who, normally, if it's a product, I like to work with clients that have a U.S. manufactured product um, because I think that it's very important to you know keep the business here because we need it. Um, and to create more jobs here. I think that's so important. And then um, someone who, like I said before, someone that I would actually be the customer for because I want to be able to feel good about promoting the product if I am going to promote it. Um, and then someone that I just, some someone that it flows easily with. You know, sometimes if it's not flowing well I just know that it's not going to be the right fit so that's all very important to me and I can usually tell in our 15-minute strategy session um, if it's going to work out or not Um, and then after that we we just get started I mean I like to meet the person in person as well if that's possible but some of my clients are not in California most of them are Um, so we'll do the strategy session and then we'll meet for coffee and then we get their strategy plan together and then we just start working on it. And a lot of times my clients, because they're so in alignment with my beliefs um, and my visual look as well, um, that a lot of times they turn into my friends and and long ter- long-term relationships. Um, I like to keep them on board with me as long as possible. But when, you know, when it turns out that they are switching directions or something, we're always still in touch and kind of I'm still on their cheerleader. Nice. Yeah. Cause it's, it's like you, cause they've already gone to your website. They see your feed. So they already know kind of what you're about. So they're almost like they share an affinity to the aesthetic that you already have. Exactly. And it's not, I mean, it doesn't have to be like my aesthetic exactly, but it just has to be, Oh, you know, there has to be some level of mm-hmm. taste there uh, that we vibe together. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. <laughs> Uh, so you've kind of centered your business around uh, wanting to be with your son, being a mom. Uh, do you have any funny stories like with your son? Has your son helped your business in any way? He's with me uh, most of the time. So he's been on countless photo shoots with me. And he's actually gotten really close with my photographer, too. They're so cute together. But um, sometimes he likes to photobomb. And we were on a shoot one time and he... I mean, he does it a lot, but he's got, he did one photobomb 
and the picture just turned out incredible. So my, I sent it to my ex-husband. He submitted it to LA models and they signed him on the spot. They were like, Oh yeah, we love him. I was like, okay. So now he's modeling for Levi's and gap and mango. Those are, those were first three jobs and he's going back for a gap job. Um, so it's pretty incredible. Like, that he's turning into this little model through it and he loves it. And I think it's just like teaching him work ethic, even though he's only four years old, but like he'll help me when I'm schlepping clothes and hats and all that kind of stuff. He's just like a little worker bee. So it's really cute that my job has. Yeah. Has he, has he bought himself a Ferrari power wheels yet? Has he, (laughs) he, yeah, he gets a toy every time. If you want to talk more about, um, because I think it's really, really interesting how you've set up your business because uh, how you, you've kind of stayed firm to like, I want to be a mom. I want to stay at home. I want to stay with my son. Um, most entrepreneurs would just take the sacrifice and say, I've got to go do the business and I'll like, I'll put my son in daycare and I'll figure it out. Um, but you've kind of like, it seems like you kind of stayed pretty like steadfast to this. Like I, this is how I want to set up my life. This is how I want to set up my business with the freelancers, with the, uh, just kind of keeping your company. It's, it's a large company, but it's small at the same time. And it's like, it's not, uh, what's the word? Like, I guess like the overhead is low. Like, can you talk about, um, like that's like, that's such an interesting point that you, that you try to keep that structure of your life. Yeah. The reason why I started the business in this way is yes. Yeah, so I could have him around and also importantly is I, I grew up in Connecticut and I know a lot of people grew up like on the East coast or um, in the Midwest and kind of, you kind of have this ceiling that you think, Oh, you know, I can't do that. Like when I was a kid, I wanted to be a fashion designer, but in first grade, when they asked me to draw what I wanted to be, I drew a nurse because I didn't think a fashion designer was possible. And so having my son with me um, while building this business has kind of two different goals for me is to have him with me, number one, but also to have him see that anything is possible and whatever he wants to do is really possible. And you can't know that it's possible without actually seeing it, I believe. Um, I did this manifestation course called To Be Magnetic, and she calls them expanders. So if you don't have an expander that you see that's doing something that you actually want to do, it's really hard to break that ceiling and feel like you're worthy of doing what you want to do. Um, so yeah, so that's why that's why I do that. And and also for me, I think to be an expander for other people to show that you can do this too. You can have the life that you want. Um and be able to build what you want. What would be some advice you'd give to to someone maybe looking to start a business, or they're you know they're at their corporate job, they are trying to find the time, trying to find the hours to like work on their side hustle or whatever. Like, what what advice would you give them to find uh, one to find that path of success, and then also maybe uh, find a balance to it all. To find the the path, I think is. It was a long road for me. I mean, I was in fashion for 15 years before I decided to do this. So I was really knowledgeable about all of those aspects. So it really has to be something that you're so passionate about. I mean, I knew that I wanted to be in fashion from the time I was a little girl. And I think if Instagram was around at that time, like I could have become way more successful. I mean, the kids these days have so much much reach. Um, But I think that... Um, 
just just really having it in your blood, something that you're so passionate about is very important. And to be very knowledgeable about it before you start doing something. I mean, um, you can have an idea and start, but you, you don't want, I mean, I guess you can kind of fake it till you make it, but you really want to know what you're doing. And, um, and then I think the last thing is just to do it because a lot of people get stuck um, with the planning and thinking that things might go wrong. I mean, you're always going to make mistakes and you're just going to learn along the way. So as long as you can tweak things along the way as you're learning, then I think that that's the best thing. Heather, where can we find uh, your work, your website, your business? We are on Instagram at the Westside Collective. Um, Same with Facebook, the Westside Collective. Well, Heather, thank you very much for being on the show. This has been awesome. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, so that was Heather Roma from the Westside Collective. If you want to find her work, uh, probably best is to first maybe go to her Instagram account. It's the Westside Collective, and I'll put all the all this information in the show notes as well. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, if you have a guest that you think would be great for this podcast, let me know. Send me a DM at Jordan P. Anderson, and we'll try to get him on the show. And if you want to go back and listen to some more episodes, it's at jordanpanderson.com slash blog. Or if you're on Apple Podcasts or other major podcasts, Google, Spotify, Overcast, uh, you can go and find those pod- find those previous episodes. Um, thanks for listening, guys. And uh, oh, don't forget to subscribe to this. Leave a review. Uh, even if you don't say anything in the review, if you just leave five stars, that completely helps the podcast kind of get up in the ranking and get seen by more people. And what, one thing I've been saying to people is, uh, if you are listening to this podcast on your phone, take a screenshot of you listening to the podcast, throw it up on your Instagram story, tag me at Jordan P. Anderson, and uh, we'll just get people kind of interested in that. That way, you know, little word of mouth never hurt. Uh, yeah, cool. Blah, blah, blah. This and that. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon.